I know a lot of people have the hustle mentality, but you're going to burn out eventually. Welcome to the Live Well, Be Bold podcast, a podcast on personal growth and self-expression. I'm your host, Carla Gregg, and I'm here to empower you to branch out and let go of fears. Every week, you'll get insight on how to be bold by simply bettering yourself in all aspects. Be sure to head over to the Live Well, Be Bold Facebook group to continue the conversation after each episode. Be bold by defining the path to your own life. Welcome to another episode of Live Well, Be Bold. I am super excited to have you be a part of this episode because Live Well, Be Bold is all about self-improvement and just becoming the best version of yourself. So I'm excited for today's guest because he is a web developer, but not only is he just a genius in the web world, but he is also a lover of self-improvement. Um, his name is Joey Dowdy, and he has a YouTube channel called Improvement Geek, where it's all about scientific self-development. So um, he really breaks things down in a scientific way of how to improve and become the best version of yourself. So Joey, welcome to Live Well, Be Bold. I'm super happy to have you here. Uh, tell us about, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, well, first off, thank you very much for having me. I'm super happy to be on this podcast. Like you said, my name is Joey Dowdy. I'm also the improvement geek. I'm, I dabble in computer science, but my main passion is psychology and neuroscience and just kind of learning how we work and why we do the things that we do. And that all really started a couple summers ago, actually, when I started trying to read some books and improve myself. But I've went from self-improvement books and the kind of typical self-help stuff and really started diving down into the science of it because, you know, I started noticing that there were a lot of cliches and stuff like that. So I really wanted to start learning the under, underlying science of why I was doing some of the things that I was doing in hopes of if I got that good fundamental understanding, then I would be better equipped to start improving myself. And then as I learned and started kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle together, I realized that I could start taking that information and trying to help other people with it. So that's how Improvement Geek was born. So you mentioned, um, you know, the cliches, which are constantly, because I use them all the time, like becoming the best version of yourself and um, focusing on self-care and all of that. So can you explain a little bit about neuroscience for people who are like, what the heck is that? And they're listening to the podcast. Yeah, totally. So a great example of that is something like habits. So every thought, action, and emotion that we have uses a neural pathway, a pathway of neurons and nerve cells in our brains, and say, I go to take a drink. Well, that uses a certain neural pathway. So what a habit is, for example, is the more that I do this habit of taking a drink from my cup, then the stronger that neural pathway is going to get. So the field of neuroscience kind of like really takes a, a close look at everything that's involved with that and the underlying biological pieces that go into things like habits and actions and emotions and things like that. So for example, do you think that a lot of us tend to have certain habits because they're emotion based? Like, I don't know, because for me, I, I'm an overthinker. And so that really sometimes affects my work because I'm constantly just like using my mind. So when, when, when we overthink, like what, what causes that? Because I know you have a video about overthinking. So can you go a little bit into that? I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, so I've always been a chronic overthinker. And to be completely honest, I still am. I should probably take my own advice sometimes. But oh, same. <laughs> yeah. 
the thing that's happening there a lot of times is an event happens and our subconscious reacts to it. And then we have a emotional reaction to whatever that subconscious reaction was. And then typically what happens if we're not really mindful is we just kind of take that emotion and that feeling and run with it. Say, for example, you have a coworker who says something unpleasant to you. What was typically going to happen with most people is they're going to get upset about that. Or, you know, with Atlanta traffic, somebody cuts you off. You're going to get upset because you feel like something bad was done to me. But if you take a, take a moment and kind of think about it consciously and think about what happened and also think about your reaction, then you can kind of process both of those things and be a bit more realistic is not the right word, but I guess mindful and come up with a better reaction and solution and understanding of that, of that event. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I recently just had like a breakdown cause I was overthinking and I felt super overwhelmed. And um, my sister was like, why are you feeling that way? And she really wanted to understand why I was feeling that way. And I was just like, I don't know, just because I, I know that when I don't complete deadlines, this happens. So it was just like that fear of like, this has happened before. So I'm going to react to it like this and just stress out about it, I guess. So I'm curious to know, like, why are, did you start becoming so interested in self-improvement? So the biggest thing for me is my weight. So I've always been overweight for basically as long as I can remember. When I was um, 21, so about almost nine years ago, I was over 360 pounds. On my 21st birthday, I was 360 pounds. And so over the next few years, you know, I lost some weight. It was kind of like a roller coaster going up and down. And then it was last summer, actually. I just kind of started reading a self-improvement book on a whim, thinking that, you know, if I could find something in there that some little nugget of wisdom that would inspire me to finish off this weight loss battle, that it would be worth it. And I just kind of fell in love with the book. The book was Maximum Achievement by Brian Tracy. It's all about goal setting and stuff like that. The mindset of setting goals. And I just kept reading more. And like I said, as I went, I kind of transitioned from this main the core self-improvement books into more of the science of the self-improvement because I really wanted to understand you know a lot of the stuff that I was hearing and reading made sense but I really wanted to understand what was neurologically happening and psychologically happening to cause me to do some of the things that I was doing that was preventing me from achieving my goals so you definitely are a goal setter um Mm -hmm. and and I, I know that you you talked about like just thinking about goals in terms of like things that you need to do versus the things that you do not need to do. And I feel just like going into the new year, a lot of us have goals, right? And we want to like add into the new things, but we're not really removing any of the, the old stuff that might not be working. Um, so how do you break down your goals? I mean, just the fact that you're 360 pounds and now you're at your ideal weight. Is that, are you at your ideal weight or? I'm getting close. I'm almost there. That's one of my, one of my own goals for next year. Okay. But like how, I mean, I feel like how would you simplify goal setting? Because I feel like sometimes that can even get overwhelming where, you know, like I said, we add on to our life versus just removing the things we don't need. So the biggest thing that I've learned is breaking your goal down into sub goals. That's something that I tell a lot of people when I help them set their goals is break it down into sub goals. So for example, if someone has a goal of losing 50 pounds next year. I would first tell them, that's great. Now take that and break it down into sub goals of 
five pounds or 10 pounds, because that's going to have several effects, one of which is it's going to seem more achievable and more doable. So you're going to have more motivation to actually do it. But then you also get to celebrate the small wins along the way. What a lot of people do is something that I've been guilty of for years, which is where they think, okay, I have this goal, say I want to get to a certain weight, or I want to graduate from this school or something like that. But they think that they're only going to be happy, truly happy when they finally accomplish that. So by breaking them down into sub goals, and kind of distancing yourself a bit from the overall goal, then you'll allow yourself to be a bit more happier as you go. So being able to celebrate the small wins, essentially, what was one of your like, first achievements that you did with because I mean, you didn't go from 360 pounds. to like, I'm where I want to be. So what was the thing that worked for you? in this like journey of weight loss? So the biggest thing that helped me was something I discovered last summer, which was intermittent fasting. That was really kind of revolutionary for me in my weight loss process because the bit, the worst thing that I do is I board eat and I stress eat. So intermittent fasting essentially cut out half of the time throughout the day where I could do those things. And then, you know, I've always, weirdly enough, for a bigger guy, I've always had a small stomach, so I can't really eat that much at one time. So then by the time that I actually could eat, when my feeding window came up, then I couldn't really overeat, overeat or else I'd feel really bad for the rest of the day. So f- finding intermittent fasting and just getting more sleep. I've had some stuff happen to me over the past month or so where I've really, really had an epiphany that a lot of things start with self-care. Like I'm starting to realize that self-care is kind of at the core of everything. No, I totally agree. I mean, you mentioned sleep and I feel like sleep is a huge factor in just weight loss, but also meeting your goals because I know this last year I've not been getting any sleep and it's affected my health and everything. Um, So what is like, I mean, intermediate fasting, I always hear that thrown around, but is that basically when you don't, like, can you explain what that is? Because I have difficulties even understanding like, wait, you can't eat until like, 6 p.m. and not eat until 6 p.m. the next day? Like, what? Yeah, so the way intermittent fasting works is you essentially don't eat for a certain amount of time. You have a fasting window and a feeding window each day. Some people switch it up and they do all these different complicated things, but the the most simplistic way is to do a fasting window and then a feeding window. Essentially, if you skip breakfast, you're almost doing intermittent fasting, basically. I've never been a breakfast person, so it's easy for me. But kind of the bare minimum to really start getting the effects or the benefits of intermittent fasting is a 16 and 8 split. So you're fasting for 16 hours and then you have an 8-hour feeding window. And that lets you start getting some of the health benefits. And a lot of those benefits are primarily centered around letting your insulin levels drop. So as your insulin levels drop and go back to their baseline, then your body's better able to use its fat stores. But the thing is that, at least in our American society, you know, we eat at least three meals a day and we snack and a lot of weight loss advice is, you know, eat a lot of small meals. But the problem is that it's constantly keeping our insulin elevated. So our body's not really able to access those fat stores. And that's also a big reason why a lot of professionals in the nine to five world have that midday slump is because their insulin drops. You know, somebody brings in donuts and stuff like that for breakfast, 
and then their insulin just plummets and they crash. How do you go about like balancing like your health and your work life? And I mean, YouTube, you created a whole YouTube channel now. That's a big dedication. So like, how do you, you know, make time for all of that? It's definitely been a challenge especially over the past couple of months, because when I get into something, I tend to really dive in and not only dive in into the present, but also think long term. And I realized about a week ago that I've really been kind of stressing myself out and spreading myself too thin. I'm currently in the process of learning how to balance it all healthily. But to answer your question, the way I've been doing it is kind of neglecting myself a bit, which I wouldn't recommend to anybody. I know a lot of people have the hustle mentality, but you're going to burn out eventually. And, you know, I've done a good bit of research on self-care. And while I was doing that, I, I kind of realized with myself, like with Improvement Geek, that I'm not going to be able to effectively, you know, make a YouTube video or help somebody if I'm not taking care of myself. You know, if I look, look and sound exhausted in my video and I can't really talk clearly and stuff like that, and then people leave the video, then I kind of let those people down and I didn't serve them effectively, provide them value because I didn't take care of me. So now as I go into the next year, I'm trying to like switch things around a little bit to be like uh, altruistically selfish, I guess a good term would be, because I know that if I start taking, taking better care of Joey, then Improvement Geek will do better at taking care of other people. Oh, I 100% agree. And I mean, just to kind of talk about my podcasts, Live Will Be Bold, like when I thought of like, okay, I'm going to start inviting guests is because I knew that I had hit a point where when I started this brand um, a few years ago, and I didn't really keep up to date with it. And then I was like, I'm going to make it into a podcast. Like, I knew that I had become like the best version of myself and I had strived for that and then burnt out. And I was like, there's people out there who know so much more about self-improvement and living that like, you know, take, because it's not just about being bold and hustle life and taking chances. Like for me, it's actually about becoming the best version of yourself. And you can't do that if you don't take care of yourself, you Mm -hmm. know, and you can't help other people. So I I love that you said that. Um, In your YouTube videos, you share about um, living in a trailer and having to be homeschooled and all of that. Mm -hmm. How, how, how did that have a positive effect in like where you're at today? Uh, because I know a lot of it, you know, you share that story and it kind of um, intertwines with like with your health and your and just being overweight. So can you share a little bit about that story? Yeah, so I can definitely tell the story if you'd like on here. But I'd say the biggest positive takeaway that I had from that was just making the best of things. You know, my my parents and I didn't really have much during that time, but I really made the best of it. And I used that experience those years that I was in those situ- that situation to motivate myself to go to college even though I had no social experience and I didn't hardly know anything about any topic and I just used it as motivation and wanted to make a better life for myself that was the biggest takeaway I had I love that you pushed through like those difficult moments but also just kind of proving to yourself and to others, because I know that you wanted, you were studying business administration, then wanted to go mm-hmm. into computer engineering. And one of, I think it's, you said your math teacher told you like, oh, good luck with your grades. Like, we'll see how far you've got. And clearly you have gone pretty far. So, I mean, how have you dealt with negative comments in your life? 
just use it as motivation. I mean, I, I try not to be one of those, like, this is for my haters type of people, but <laughs> yeah, just, just use it as motivation. Luckily I haven't really had to encounter too much of that. Most of the people that I've came that I've came across have been really supportive, but I mean, you can't really do anything about it. Just, you, you gotta, you gotta make the best of it. That's what I try to do with everything. Yeah, you seem like a very positive person, which I love. Um, and like, you mentioned lack of social skills, but I'm like talking to you, and I'm like, I, I don't think you have, like, you don't have any lack of social skills. How have you worked on your like communication over the years? So when I started college back in 2012, I was terrified of people. I thought I was going to be like a social outcast because I had almost no friends growing up. You know, as I talk about in my my story video, we were, I was home, I was unofficially homeschooled, so I wasn't seeing other kids. And then for a few years, we were riding around in a camper trailer across, living at truck stops across the southeast coast. And then we lived at a flea market, and I like kind of sort of had people that I knew there. But I didn't really have any skills when I started school. So it was basically like just, I don't know, kind of almost studying people in a way and seeing, you know, what was what a normal person acted like. I don't know. I also read a ton of books. That was the main thing that I did with my time. People always ask me, like, what did you do? I read. That's I had a library card and having fun is not hard when you have a library card, I guess. So Honestly, reading is so important. I have not realized how important reading is like (laughs) until now that I'm like um, a freelancer and I'm trying to get like be an entrepreneur and all of that. And I'm like, it's so crucial to read because then you get almost like repetitive on your message. And and when you learn from other people, it's like, oh, it's like something just like a light bulb turns into your head and and you can think about other things to say. It's like, I feel like reading is so important and I, I definitely need to do more of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like when it comes to lack of social skills, uh, quote unquote, um, how do you go about every day to improve those? Because I know like a lot of people that I have talked to and listened to this podcast uh, and have just sent me messages, a lot of them are like, you know, thank you so much. Like every guest that I bring on, like it, it's just so it's kind of, it kind of, every guest that I've brought on, it, they've kind of helped my listeners to be like, oh my God, I really do want to improve myself, but most of all, build confidence. And communication does have to do a lot with confidence. So is this something that you like work on a daily where you, um, you know, focus on, on putting yourself out of your comfort zone in a way? Yeah, definitely. So comfort zone is a huge part of self-improvement all around. I could talk a lot about the subconscious comfort zone that we all need to overcome. But as far as communication, yeah, the biggest thing that I try to do that I've always done for the past seven years since I started college was just push myself outside of my comfort zone, but also to get more experience. So a lot of it comes down to having experience communicating and getting your ideas out of your head and to the other person, people that you're talking to and just doing things. And as you do that, you learn that, you know, the things that you're afraid of, like people are going to laugh at you or whatever, aren't going to come true. So it's kind of just, it's so easy to say, but in a way that's one of those things that you kind of just have to do and get that experience. And then over time you start getting more comfortable and more confident. Can you talk about the subconscious versus conscious um, ways of stepping out of your comfort zone and like how that all works? Because I feel like 
for example, um, I recently visited my sister in San Francisco. We went out to this like festival and there was music and she growled me and she's like, let's dance. And I was actually very shy about doing that, which is surprised me. And I, I hadn't, it, I hadn't felt that way in such a long time. Uh, cause I feel like I'm a pretty outgoing person, but in that moment I was so like ca- cautious of like the people around us. And I told, and and then I didn't really want to dance, but then I grabbed her hand. I'm like, okay, let's dance. And I like did it because I realized that in order for me to improve myself constantly, I have to make those little steps. And then I told her, whoa, it's been like a long time that I've felt super like shy because it was really uncomfortable. And I, and I hadn't had that feeling in such a long time. It was such a simple thing, like dancing in front of people. But I realized like that was something that I've constantly worked on because I was a shy person. So, um, you know, just kind of, I don't know how, why my mind worked like that in that moment, but I was just like, I, I can't dance. And then I had to like kind of turn something on in my brain where I'm like, no, you can't, you know, like, I, I don't yeah. know. So can you explain maybe a little bit about that since you are very analytical and scientific <laughs> and that kind of stuff? Yeah. So what you're describing right there is exactly kind of what I was talking about a minute ago about your, your brain having a subconscious reaction to a situation and then you consciously said, no, I'm going to go ahead and do this. You acknowledged the feeling that you were having about, no, I'm shy. I don't want to dance in front of people. But you just said, I'm going to do it anyway. So what a lot of people would do is just think, no, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. Something bad's going to happen and just go with it. And the thinking of something bad's going to happen kind of is what's happening in that situation. So essentially your amygdala and your limbic system is making you afraid and anxious of potential threats. So kind of if you went out there at a music festival and you dance and you got laughed at, then your limbic system in a way thinks that you might get kicked out of that tribe. And then if you're out on your own, then something bad might happen to you. There's a reason why it's called the the lizard lizard brain. It's the oldest part of our brain. But, Can you explain more about this? Like, I'm, I mean, I have you here for a reason. I'm interested. Yeah. Did you say the lizard brain? Lizard brain. It's the oldest part of our brain. So one of the parts of the limbic system is the amygdala, which is responsible for a couple of different emotions, but primarily fear. So when you're afraid of something, that's your amygdala at work. But unfortunately for us, a lot of that sub, well, maybe it is fortunate for us, but a lot of that's subconscious. So say, if I'm in school or I'm in, I'm in uh, class and I want to raise my hand, but I think, no, like people are going to laugh at me when I ask a stupid question. That's my amygdala making me afraid to take risks. Oh, man. Is there anything that you're afraid of right now that you, you could think at the top of your head? They're like, oh, I'm not, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> or maybe I wouldn't say that. Or For me, so being true to the name Improvement Geek, I play Dungeons and Dragons and I am the dungeon master for my group. And so the, the, it's a role-playing game for those that who don't know at, at a table. But as a dungeon master, I kind of tell the players the, like, the world and the characters and everything, but I also need to role-play the characters. So the thing that I've been working through my fear of is doing the character voices. And that's been kind of awkward for me because like I've never really done voices in front of other people. So the, I've been working on that. It's been interesting. Oh my God, that's, I'm intrigued by that because I feel like a lot of the times, even little things like that, like doing accents is so embarrassing. I went to New Mm -hmm. York uh, not too long ago and I was trying to do a New Yorker accent 
which is kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of a jerk move in a way making fun of other people's accents, but I just wanted to be like, I'm going to be a New Yorker, so I want an accent. But then when people would be like, okay, do it, I'd be like, well, no, like not, not, not on cue like that. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I like really yeah, exactly. sucked and my New Yorker accent was horrible. Um, but have you ever taken, thought of taking improv classes? That could help with like your Dungeon & Dragon career passion. Yeah, I've definitely thought of doing that. So that kind of that improv part of D and D it kind of goes along with doing improvement geek stuff, you know, making even a YouTube video, but also throwing up like a TikTok video or Instagram story or something like that. You know, that's improv helps with that. And that's honestly part of the reason why I started doing D and D as a DM is to learn those improv skills. So there is a theater company here in Atlanta that does improv classes. And I'm definitely going to look into that next year. Okay, that'll be fun. I'm going to look into that. I'm going to, I'm going to follow your journey with that. So hopefully maybe, maybe you'll post a video about like, not because I know you give a lot of advice, but there's not a video where you're like actually doing the thing and people see you putting yourself out of your comfort zone. Would you ever do type, those type of videos? Yeah, totally. If it yeah. helps people for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so like what, you know, you, we talk about fears. Um, what is something that let you let, what is, how did you end up just letting go of your fear of um, insecurities in terms of, you know, lack of, lack of communication skills? Um, what is something that you're like, okay, it's time to execute. I don't like the way that I feel. I need to be more outspoken and I need to share my message. Like, do you remember that moment where you're like, okay, it's time to just let go of the fears? Yeah, definitely. So Back when I started school, it was essentially the feeling that I had to do this to improve my life. You know, I, I felt like I needed to go to school to have a chance at a better life. And I'm not at all saying that college is required to have a better life at all. But at the time, I felt like that was the safest, safest play to make. So it really came down to feeling like I didn't really have a choice which is which is kind of freeing in a way removing that choice of failure or giving up or procrastinating or not doing it was kind of freeing because then it let me focus on okay what do i need to do and that was what i was thinking all through my time at georgia tech which was a fairly difficult engineering school there was never any thought of failure because it's like i have to do this failure is not not an option so it's I just like, tried to keep myself focused on what do I need to do to make sure I succeed. You got to have that push in life that forced you to get started. Um, I yeah. know like for me, when I started my business a year and a half ago, I would have never done it if I didn't get laid off my job. Um, and I was like basically forced into it because I'm like, okay, what do I have to lose? You know, and that feeling is so scary. But um, once you get started, like it's kind of hard to go back to where you were at, right? Like mm -hmm. beginning stages. Um, so do you have any advice uh, for young people or just people listening, you know, about getting started on that thing that you've maybe been putting it off? I know we talked about gold and just starting small, but um, anything that maybe helped you um, push through your obstacles and, and get to your goal? I've found that arguably the most important thing is getting experience. So one of the best decisions that I made for myself when I started Improvement Geek back in May was I set a schedule for myself where I was going to upload a video every single Saturday. And so far I've done that. And that's kept me from being lazy and not uploading, but that's also 
made sure that I've kept making videos week after week. And so that's, that's helped me improve as an editor, as a speaker, all this other stuff. So I've gotten that experience. So my advice to somebody who's just starting out is get that experience. It's really easy, you know, not just as a content creator, but as a programmer or whatever else to fall into the beginner trap of looking up all these different resources and watching videos and reading guides and stuff like that, but never really applying any of that knowledge. So I would say, you know, yeah, definitely look up some stuff, but then just start doing it. Make sure that you're allotting maybe a certain amount of time each week to doing that thing that you're passionate about. That way you're not, that way you don't find yourself five years later or something feeling like you never really got anywhere or wishing that you would actually put time into whatever it is you're passionate about. Like the world deserves to see whatever it is that you're interested in. It sounds like a lot of it does have to do with like consistency, consistency and gold build, um, gold. A lot of it seems like it has to do with consistency though. Cause you can say like, okay, I am going to lose 50 pounds this year or okay, I'm going to up, start uploading YouTube videos and start a channel but then if you don't set this like almost goal that will will get you to think like if I don't accomplish it, I'm going to fail. Um, like that's so important. But because I know I've been guilty, you know, I preach, I, I do social media strategy and coaching and I tell people you got to stay consistent. And like, I'm pretty consistent on Instagram, but I'm not as consistent on YouTube anymore. And I think it's because I went in with like this big goal of I'm going to upload like three videos a week and then slowly but surely I just started like oh okay yeah I I already did my part I don't really need to upload weekly in a way and it just like I burnt out um so what is like an advice on consistency like has there been a moment where you weren't going to post a video and then you're like oh nope I gotta do it have you ever had that moment or you've been pretty do you plan ahead I plan ahead but things don't always go according to plan I do my best I feel like when I made my schedule it was kind of a promise to myself and the subscribers that I had and I felt like if I didn't upload a video, then that would be kind of a poor, like a bad representation of myself in a way, if that makes any sense. No, it does. Yeah. So that was something that kind of motivated me to do that, but also just wanting to get better, knowing that it's going to take a lot of time. I mean, if I made perfect decisions for the next seven days, I wouldn't drop 50 pounds or I wouldn't go viral on YouTube and have a million subscribers. Like it's going to take consistent effort week after week to achieve those goals. So I guess just trying to think long-term and not get caught up in the subscriber numbers and compare myself to others and stuff like that and kind of just buckle down and narrow my focus onto getting better week after week or making better food choices week after week trying to focus down on those small decisions is the most important thing because small decisions made consistently make you who you are. No, I love that. I know I've been horrible in terms of like going back to the health conversation about losing weight. Um, I went through this phase where I did a hundred days of uh, fitness, a hundred days of sweat, basically every day for a hundred days, I would at least work out for 20 minutes. Um, and it was good. I mean, it was, I think it was a small step in a way, but, uh, once I finished those hundred days, I went back to my old ways where I'm like, okay, I'm just working out once a week or maybe not working out at all. Right. So, um, uh, like, I, I don't know. I think just for listeners out there, like stick to something like simple, like Joey was saying something small 
like, cause it really does help. And I know like hearing, hearing you talk about this, I'm like, dang it, Carla, you're I'm looking at my whiteboard and I'm just like, okay, remove like half of these like unrealistic goals that you have. And speaking of like unrealistic goals, a lot of the times, you know, people I've heard this from like gurus and whatever, like you can have it all. And I think sometimes that like you can have it all or you got to hustle it's kind of like a little annoying sometimes because I write down all these goals and I'm like, there's no way. Like, I think I'm just like, Oh, like I'm, I'm going to burn out. Like I'm over promising things to myself. Right. Uh, do you tend to do that where you just like, or have you gotten pretty good at, I'm just going to stick to these three goals for the year. Like let us into your goals for 2020. I'm curious to know about that. So I'm a very ambitious person. So I tend to, as I'm going hard into something when I first get started, I tend to get really ambitious about that something when I'm first starting out. And then it kind of equalizes over time. I guess you you eventually have to get to the point where you know enough about the thing that you want to do, where you have a good enough understanding of the lifestyle you would have to lead to be really good at that thing you want to be good at. Say you have a dream of becoming a rock star. Well, you know, a lot of people think that that life is glamorous and that life is easy, but they don't really think about the fact that you have to be on tour constantly and you have to be writing music and all this other stuff. So you have to eventually learn and recognize all these other factors that go into it and then make that decision if that's what you want. Yeah, you very well may be able to have everything that you want, but eventually you're going to reach a certain point where there's some trade-offs. No, that makes total sense. Have you dealt with any roadblocks this year? And, and how are you going to like, try to figure that out? <laughs> yeah, I've kind of started feeling like maybe I've put, in, put too much on my plate. Like I said, I'm, I'm not at the stage of burnout, but I'm at the stage of feeling like I need to stay up too late to kind of take care of everything I need to take care of. So what that's going to drive me to do is maybe switch into low gear a little bit and start doing things you know, like work and improvement geek and improving myself in a more sustainable way. So as you mentioned a minute ago, you know, you did the 100 days of sweat, which was great. But when you finished 100 days, you went back to doing it less frequently, instead of like building up that habit. So essentially, what I'm trying to focus on is changing my identity to be just be those things instead of like be something instead of do something. And that's something that I learned from James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, which I will tell people about every opportunity that I get. It's my favorite book of all time, and I highly recommend it. Wait, I read that book, and that's why I like the small goals, but I don't think I've implemented it as much. Um, Actually, one of my clients gave me that because he knew I was kind of like a perfectionist and Mm -hmm. uh, also very goal-oriented, so I'd be like having all these things and he can tell I was burning out. I was doing everything that he asked me to do, right, for his brand, Uh, but he's like, you know, great job on doing the 100 Days of Sweat, but like, read this book. And I'm like, oh, what does this mean? What are you trying to tell me? <laughs> the, um, one, one of my new favorite phrases as people start learning that I'm a psychology nerd is there's a lot to unpack there. Um, yeah, Maybe. Right. Yeah. Maybe, probably yeah. not. I don't know. <laughs> He's trying to tell me something. Um, so I am curious to know you, what is, like, how do you want people to like remember you as? I know that's a very deep question. But. A geek. My main thing is, I guess we'll get existential here for a second. My thing is, I want my legacy, I guess, to be having helped people 
achieve the things that they want to achieve in life. So one of my core concepts and one of the one of the core things to Improvement Geek relates to a psychological concept called the locus of control. It's either internal or external. If you have an internal locus of control, then you believe that you can change yourself and your environment and you control how your life goes. If you have an external locus of control, you believe that everything is destiny. Everything is luck. It doesn't matter what you do when you get up in the morning. Life just happens to you. But we have an internal locus of control. And the entire goal of Improvement Geek and what, what I do is to try to show people through the magic of science that they have the power to change themselves. So hopefully one day I'll be known for being somebody that helped people change their lives and become the people that they want to be. I love that. No, I think a lot of us need that because, you know, sometimes I think like, oh, why am I not where I want to be? Like, is this my fate? I'm putting all the work in like that I can. I'm trying my best, you know, but um, obviously it takes time. So having that mentality of like, you got to work for it and take those small steps and, and everything that you're about with your channel, like is really needed out there. Um, so I'm curious to know like what you consider being bold. I mean, just what you do is all about living well, you know, becoming um, mentally, physically just better, uh, healthier. Um, but what it does it mean for you to be bold? I always ask that to my guests. I'm curious to know your answer. So the two things I can think of at the top, off the top of my head is posting content, you know, putting my my knowledge and my experience, especially my experience, but also sometimes my opinions out there. And then the other prong of that would be challenging misinformation. I tweeted out earlier today about how the creators of the 10,000 hour rule about, you know, making a habit or learning, learning a talent, rather learning a talent was actually wrong. And the reason why that got popular was because the Malcolm Gladwell, the author that popularized it in one of his books, kind of misrepresented the study that he read about that. And so that became something that was common knowledge throughout the talent development space or whatever. And so I've, I'm, not, I'm not very experienced with confrontation. So it's taking, it always takes an act of me trying to be bold and challenging things like that when I see it. Well, so you've literally called them out on Twitter or like started the conversation. You're not afraid to start conversations, really. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Because okay. like, I, like I said a few minutes ago, you know, misinformation can stop somebody from developing, but it can also hurt people. Yeah. It's dangerous. No, it definitely is. I mean, I look at content like on the business standpoint, for example, I, I watch a lot of Gary Vee and it's like, this mentality of like, you got to hustle, you got to do this. And like, for me, that can get a little overwhelming at times because, you know, I mean, the more you watch that content, I, I think you just need to go out there and do it. But um, it is this like, am I not doing enough? And, and recently a friend told me like, you're not as driven. And I'm like, you're not driven. And that really was like, what? But I am like, what do I need to do to like be seen as driven or, or even internally? I'm like, what do I need to do just to get to where I want to be? Right. And a lot of that was, I think, removing things, not adding things to my life. And the more I listen to these like business uh, gurus, I'm like, it seems like they're telling me to add more to my life. And I want to like remove, I want less things. I want to focus on the important things, right? So 
Um, I know that can get misinterpreted in the internet. People just think like, you got to do more. <laughs> uh, you talk. Well, go, going back to what we were talking about a minute ago, you know, you, you need to make it sustainable. Mm-hmm. It, we talked about consistency, consistency. So you need to make sure that you can do, you can sustain whatever you need to do consistently and having this hustle mentality of working 80 hours a week between your full-time job and your side hustle and all this other stuff, you're not going to be able to sustain that. And then when you burn out, you're not going to be able to be consistent and it's just not going to work out. So that's why I say, especially lately i've really been feeling like self-care consistency sustainability understanding that you need to do something for the long haul and then going back to the comfort zone that i talked about earlier understand that self-improvement is inherently uncomfortable with a lot of things you're literally rewiring your brain you're going against the nature that you've created for yourself of course your brain's going to be resistant to that there's no it's unreasonable to expect that you're going you've been an unhealthy person for most of your life and you get up in the morning and you want to jump out of bed at 6 a.m and go for a two-mile run of course you're going to tell yourself i want to hit the snooze button and go back to sleep but if you can understand your subconscious telling you that and consciously decide that no you're going to do this and then do that consistently day after day then i believe you'll be successful I really needed that, especially I'm going to transition <laughs> to the end of the episode. Joey, like literally when I started this podcast, I told myself, you know, I'm going to be uploading one every Monday. So I do like an episode, a solo episode, and then one with a guest and things just kind of got overwhelming. I burnt out and I stopped doing, it. I think I missed like two weeks. And so um, just announcing for those listeners out there, I won't be posting on Mondays anymore. I'm going to be posting on Thursdays. So I'm going to be uploading a new podcast every Thursday. Um, and I'm going to be consistent, Joey, going into the 2020. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, I mean, for you guys who just have like messaged me and all of that, just been super supportive. I haven't showed up every Monday. And I think Monday was just like the worst day for me because that's like the day that I take all my calls and emails. And, you know, uh, I think I just overpromised some things for myself and for my uh, listeners. So apologies for that. <laughs> and I think this is like the perfect episode to be like, Okay, Carla, what are you going to do? How are you going to stay consistent? Uh, so thanks, Joey. Um, where can we find you? Where can people find you? Where can they follow you? Uh, share all of your, all your, your Instagram and all of that, but I'll be linking it. But yeah, where can they find you? So I post fresh sciencey goodness, scientific self-improvement videos every Saturday morning at youtube.com slash improvement geek. And I'm also active on Twitter at twitter.com slash improvement geek. And on Instagram, I am Instagram.com slash The Improvement Geek. Okay. Didn't get The Improvement Geek. One day. One day. One day. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, Joey, for being on this podcast. I loved having you. And I'm excited to just continue to follow your journey. And um, in 2020, I think you'll you'll definitely get to your, like, ideal weight. But you've already killed it. So I've got to learn from you. Well, again, thank you very much for having me. It's been a great discussion. And I think I I learned some stuff along the way. So it's been great. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. I couldn't have asked for a better guest than Joey, the Improvement Geek, to really wrap up these next couple of days in 2019. Because a lot of us tend to focus on the goals and the hustle and the being bold. I get a lot of messages from my listeners saying how they 
are just putting themselves out of their comfort zone. They're being more bold. They're taking on goals. They're accomplishing things. But I haven't really noticed a lot of us really focusing on our health. So I'm super grateful that Joey brought this conversation and discussed a lot about self-care. The fact that he was 360 pounds at some point in his life and now he's living a healthier life, that just shows that when you focus on your well-being, you can accomplish anything. And it all starts with small goals. So Again, I'm super grateful for this conversation. If you have any suggestions for guests, please let me know. DM me on Instagram, join the Facebook community, um, post your suggestions there. But guys, also be a part of this community. I want people who want to become better than they were yesterday in their professional and their personal life and who are constantly just seeking to learn and to really just live the best life. Anyways, thank you for listening to this podcast. I will talk to you later. 